seeking collaborations with influential people, at GZPR, we create passion-fueled collaborations that go beyond traditional representation, a performance agency that onboards new clients every month. Our focus is on POC collaborations. Contact us now at hellogzpr.com, a self-aware public relations agency exploring world perspectives with leading talents. Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farag and welcome to the Get to Know You Cafe. If you would like to support me to continue making these podcasts, you can go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash get to know you WTF. You can click on this link in the show description. In my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, I wanted to hear from you listeners on last week's question and discussion. Last week, Anatoly Spector and I discussed the question, what thinking and behavior is needed to become an online entrepreneur? We received a number of responses that further deepen dialogue. Joining us today on the Get to Know You Cafe is Nate Garrison from previous episodes. Welcome back, Nate. Hey, Tiffany. How are you? So good to have you back. So earlier you were given the topic from last week's podcast to reflect, and you've also listened to the episode. Prior to listening to the different responses, what were your thoughts on the discussion? Uh, I'm very concerned that I can add something more of value because I think you guys did an amazing job, and Anatoly and I are of such the same mindset. Uh, I'm very much attuned to everything you guys had to say. So I hope I can add something more to what you guys already talked about. No, great. Anything in particular that stood out to you from his discussion and things that he was sharing? I guess the one thing that uh, there was anything that differentiated my thought process with his, um, despite how well aligned we were with so many other aspects of our lifestyles and the way that he, I mean, clearly he's a Tim Ferriss disciple. So, you know, anybody who's got that four hour work week mentality is going to align with me quickly. Um, but one of the things that he talked about was the outsourcing. And it's a big element of the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss as well, where they talk about, you know, taking advantage of what other people are good at. And I'm very much a big believer in doing that. Unfortunately, for people like you and I coming out of the gate, um, financially, that can be even the cheapest options may not necessarily be an option because we're literally having to come out of pocket to make this business work and to make our podcast successful. So um, a lot of the things that I was forced to do is to do a lot of things hands-on myself. And, and, you know, as a fellow podcaster, when you first started in this game, I mean, you're a one-man rodeo, so you have to learn how to do all those things yourself. You have to learn how to wear all those different hats, if you will, like we talked about in our very first podcast. Um, and, but I think there's some value to that. I think that starting off as a, whether you're an online entrepreneur or a podcast or whatever you're trying to do as a small business person, um, I think it's important to spend that time wearing those hats because then once you've done that, then you understand what really goes on behind the scenes. And so then when you go to outsource those things, when you go to hire them out, you'll really understand the value of what you're paying for and understand that. And you'll, not be taken advantage of nearly as much. And 
in the online world in particular, you know, software development and, and software is Anatoly's background. And that's where he um, spends a lot of his time. And that's a very, very important place to know that because I think that as a small business owner, that's one of the very first times you're taken advantage of or have the potential to be taken advantage of financially when you're trying to get your website up, get that RSS feed established, get all these post-production things done, all these things that you don't understand when you immediately outsource those things. Well, you don't really understand what is it that you're paying for, how much work it really goes into that. And I'll give you a great example. Um, one of the first guests on my show was of a guy by the name of Tom Heiser, one of my great friends from all the way back from high school. And I actually worked for him at one point in time. And the company that he created um, was one of the very first online retail uh, companies, particularly for um, aggressive uh, athletic products, uh, inline skates specifically. Um, And, you know, back then, you know, the the online world was really kind of the wild, wild west. And you were just really, we were learning a lot. A lot of this code was still being written and, you know, there was still so much to learn. And so, you know, they spent a tremendous amount of money and, unfortunately got taken advantage of a few times because they didn't understand the work that went on behind the scenes to keep that website working. And then it wasn't until later on after the fact where they got involved with the back end, they got involved with some of that software side, they began to understand, okay, well, this is how it really works. Well, there was no reason why that project should have taken two weeks that they said mm. would take two, you know, or that project that they said that would take two weeks ended up taking two months. And there was all these revelatory moments of, you know, we, this, this shouldn't have been as hard as it was made out to be. And if you haven't done that, if you haven't put that work in, if you haven't worn those hats, then you don't necessarily realize what's going on. That is fantastic. That's a great point. I didn't even think of that. Like, absolutely. Like people can take advantage of, I think that's where me and you're like, I don't know. I feel that I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get taken advantage of maybe, you know, it's like something that's paid by an hourly rate. You know, when you find these people on Upwork and things, it's an hourly rate. I'm like, Oh yeah, maybe, you know, it looks cheap, like, you know, 30 or 40 bucks an hour or something. I'm like, yeah, but what if they work for 10 hours? I don't have that money. You know, like you're thinking like that. So you're like, Oh, how do you know people aren't going to take advantage and just like, sit there like you know um you know pulling a bit more out of you than than what is needed so yeah that's an absolutely great point like and you don't even have to like know the skill but you can research the skill see how long things take i think you're right like putting that hard on doesn't necessarily mean doing the actual thing but knowing how it works or understanding it or researching about it as well like that's probably more of the part of it you're not going to maybe learn a new complete new skill if it's like so technical in a short period of time but you can at least understand how the process works so yeah that was a really great point i didn't even think of that at all um because i was like yeah okay outsourcing ready to go here we go let's go who can do video editing who can do this do that i'm like oh i kind of don't yeah no great point great point but and that being said like you know the course of in the course of doing that you'll find out things that you really do struggle with like there's certain things that you know we're just not good at that we're just not built for like anatoly talked about you know, like he wasn't necessarily good at some of those financial things that his wife handled so again going through that process of wearing the hats okay like okay well now i realize that man i just you know, like I, I was able to, for me personally, I was able to pick up the audio editing relatively quickly. And, you know, I, there's not a lot of rocket science involved there. So originally when I expected to immediately outsource my editing for my podcast, for the audio aspect of it, I realized that, okay, well, that's something that I'm good enough at that I can just continue to do for right now. Mm-hmm. Where on the other hand, video editing 
I've tried to pick it up. I've tried to dabble just a little bit and oh man, it just doesn't come to me. Like it's just, it's not clicking. So now I'm like, okay, well now I've realized, okay, if I want to have video content out there, I'm either going to have to publish it the way it is, or I'm going to have to find somebody to now outsource that out to. So, and then you can kind of pick and choose. You can throw some stuff out there to see what sticks. And then you can actually take some time to do some, pay somebody to put in some post-production work and then, over time you get to develop good relationships with those good people. And then as your business grows, then once again, everything Anatoly was talking about just falls exactly in line. Then you, that's it. You, you, cause, cause ultimately you want to spend your time doing what you enjoy. And, you know, that's where he and I are just so much in line with that lifestyle design. And, you know, you were asking about how he was spending his days and his weeks. And I just thought that was beautiful because that's really what it's all about. Do I want to spend all my time in whether I'm editing audio or video, is that how I want to be spending my day? Well, no, it's actually the least favorite aspect of what I do. So as I gain success, as I get more opportunities, as I gain financial resources, then of course, then I'll put those two, those things that I don't enjoy as much and focus on the aspects that I do enjoy. And Anatoly has done an amazing job at spending his time on the aspects of his job that he likes, like booking the interviews and getting these opportunities and growing and learning and, you know, and, and, and spending days with his kids and creating that schedule that yeah. works with his lifestyle. And I thought that was just beautiful. Taking Wednesdays off. Brilliant. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Nate, so we got some of these responses from people that uh, they shared some perspectives or raised some questions or just had something to say, which was really great. Uh, we have some from, we have a response from Bangladesh, India and Barcelona. So our first one is from March from Bangladesh. He, he said, um, it was great to hear that outsourcing is more affordable than people think. I appreciate, appreciated Anatoly saying, if you do everything yourself, you do not have time to focus on what matters and you just touched on that Nate which was really really great and you know that's a that's a, a good point that I think we don't you know a lot of us like tend not to think about was like well I want to like yes I want this thing to grow but I actually want to focus on what matters to me or what I'm good at or what I wear and I think that's a big thing that like not enough of us are doing well and a lot of it's about you know we can get too caught up in the minutia of trying mm. to get everything set up and the and all the minor details and stuff. If we're going to be the entrepreneur, if we're, you know, at the head before the head of the snake, so to speak, then we got to be able to understand that big picture. We got to, we have to make sure that we're spending our time on what's going to ultimately generate revenue. You know, like yes. you got to ultimately make money at the end of the day. So it's like, if I was spending my, all my time building a website it may end up being a great website and whatever, but if nobody knows where to find it, if nobody can find it, then it doesn't <laughs> exactly. matter how much time I spent building this amazing website if it hasn't been marketed and set up properly to be noticed and found. So ultimately, we as the owner or as the entrepreneur have to be able to take that step back and say, okay, where I need to spend my time on where I'm going to get the most bang for my buck and where's that biggest return going to be and then, and then going from there. Absolutely. And how is that for you? Where does your spend most of your time? for your day <laughs> for me it's an absolute upside down rodeo but um again that's why i meant to actually give a disclosure before we started any of this <laughs> conversation saying I, I will give you all kind of 
what may appear to be brilliant pontificated points and whatnot, but understand that <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about and take everything that I tell you with a grain of salt and do not trust anything I tell you unless you've already verified it for yourself from somebody else. And so I will lie, cheat and steal to you. So put that out there <laughs> right out of the gate. But um, okay. So with that disclosure, what was the question? With that disclosure, how's your day? How, what are you focusing on for yourself? Uh, that, for for me, you, again, it's all about that lifestyle. And I want to craft a lifestyle by design. And so crafting that day by design. And for me, that really starts off with how you kickstart your day. And I've got my three habits in 30 minutes, which is a basic, simple process of praying, sweating and reading every single day um, in the first 30 minutes. And there's a, and I've actually got a great podcast episode. I encourage everybody to go check that out, but praying isn't necessarily what you think it is. And reading isn't necessarily even what you think it is. And even the exercise part isn't necessarily what you think it is. So before everybody just blows it off thinking, oh, well, here's another just self-help thing that's going to ask me to do a lot of work. Well, it's maybe not necessarily that. So I encourage you to check that out. So first and foremost, it's that. And if I go through that routine every day, then I'm primed and energized to get going and get to work. And now for me, the actual breakdown of my day from that point on until two o'clock in the afternoon is work. And that's where I just slam forward, bury my head in the sand and just get as much done as I can. And that work can look different day to day, depending mm. on what what my focus is be- between the podcast and uh, and the website and, and what I'm trying to do with this writing, with the book and backing everything up and just bringing all that content together in a cohesive manner. So I, I'm really making sure that I do some kind of writing every single day that goes into that, that's not emails, that's thoughtful, purposeful writing, um, not necessarily journaling. I try to keep the journaling for the end of the day, mm. um, but writing for me specifically right now, it's for my book specifically that backs up the website um, and the content behind Eight Keys to Great, still trying to hone that and make that better and all of that. So all the way up till two o'clock, that's work. And then from there, again, I'm blessed. My wife works from home and, um, and the kids are at school. So then I get the first kid off the bus and then at two o'clock, I shut work off and I shut off completely so that for the next two hours, I'm totally engaged with my youngest daughter. Um, I've got a little window with just her before the other kids get there. So um, we've got a little routine of things that we do. And I try to, again, have, again, aligning very much with Anatoly's concepts and ideas of how he spends time with his son. That's my window with them. And then from there, Again, my wife works from home, so she's kind of working in the afternoon. So I go into dad mode and I actually, and I grew up cooking and working in restaurants. So I cook all the meals and do a lot of the the household stuff. And, um, and then we'll come get into sharing bedtime duties and responsibilities. And then if I've got a window of opportunity in the evening, um, a lot of times I will work, but a lot of times I will use some time to decompose or yeah, you know, just decompose. That wasn't the right word. <laughs> no, deco- De- decompress. Decompress. <laughs> decompress. <laughs> like, uh, just kind of take it easy, you know, and 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 have some relaxing downtime and whatnot. Because I do think that that's important. Um, I think having a balance of all of those mm. different aspects is in tremendously important. But I will tell you that if you're an entrepreneur, an online entrepreneur, or any other kind of entrepreneur, a small business owner. It's going to be really, really hard to establish that kind of a routine out of the gate. Um, if you're going to really go for it, if you're going to be living the life of an entrepreneur, I don't know many entrepreneurs who aren't working 80 hours a week yeah. at minimum. 
And it's just the reality of it. And, I, and I'll tell you, like for me, you know, my b- online business and my podcast, everything has been a very slow start and it's been a very slow process. And part of the reason for that is because I have not dedicated 80 hours a week to it uh, I, because I just can't. I've, I've made a yeah. conscious decision to dedicate a certain amount of time to family and to other commitments. And, um, and, and, and the business growth has not seen, you know, the success that I think it would have if I did spend 80 hours a week at it, because I have been that small business owner that did work 80 hours a week. And I saw what that takes. And I'm, you know, I've lived that life and I've been down that road. Uh, so now it's like, I, and, and I'm fortunately in a financial position, at least at the moment where that's okay. Like this is yeah. part of the plan. It's all part of the process. Cool. And of course, COVID has made everything a little bit crazy, but um other than that little deviation, everything's kind of pretty well gone according to plan. Yeah, no, I love that. And like you, you, you figure out what works for you and you bring it into your lifestyle and, and we're all going to have different uh, things that work for us relative to our families or our other responsibilities. So absolutely. Our next response is from Andrew from India. He said, if you don't know something, find mentors. You don't have to start from scratch. This is what Anatoly mentioned. People have already gone through trials and errors. This statement is so true and not resourced enough. I think this has been my major hindrance. Thank you for pointing this out. Why do you think this is not uh, um, resourced enough, Nate? Like people are not finding mentors. It's hard. It's really hard. And it's a, you know, it's a difficult thing to ask of someone, I feel like. And even when you ask, you know, you don't, to have a true mentor. And, And I'll tell you, like for myself, like I haven't, had a lot of physical hands-on mentors. There's been very few, but the ones that have have been have made a tremendous impact on my life. Um, but I will tell you that you know you've got an international audience that again may not have access to the mentors that they want face to face, or even you know just act like I, there's mentors like David Meltzer and you know uh, you know. Uh, Jordan Peterson, some of those uh, geniuses out there that I would love to be able to pick their grades, Gary V, Tim Ferriss, you know, all those guys would, would make a men- amazing mentors, but it's just not everybody wants to be there, you know, wants them to be their mentor. So when you don't have that as a resource or when that's not capable or when that's not possible, you have books, these mentors behind you. And I feel like that you know, there's always somebody that's already done what it is that you're trying to do. And the best place to find out how they did it is in those books. Um, So if you can get those, you know, like I said, using the local library, I mean, that's full of mentors and, and reading how they did it. I read uh, even, I read the the book about Airbnb, the story behind Airbnb and how that came to be. And that ended up being, a tremendous stepping stone in the production of my podcast and how that all kind of came to be and like how I got my first episode published. If I had not read the the Airbnb biography, I never would have published my first podcast episode. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's this crazy fluke series of events that that transpired. And it's in an episode with um with Liz Carlisle. So if you ever want to hear that story, which is pretty neat, check that out. Yeah, but, um, absolutely. Great story. Uh, but yeah, so like if you can't get those mentors in person, go find them online. Go find the resources. Like they, they've all written a book, they've all put their had their little formula for success out there. They have, they have. Absolutely. I always say like books are the secret 
blueprint that nobody knows about. I, I love that. That's a great saying. And I absolutely agree. Like I've learned so much. I think like my mentors have been through these books of, of these people who, and uh, videos and things like that and podcasts. And now all these different resources that we have that allow us to, you know, um, understand how something works or how somebody did something. So yeah, you can definitely, you know, your mentors doesn't have to be a physical face-to-face thing that somebody sits down and, and goes through something with you. So yeah, great point there. Our third response is from Stefan from Barcelona. He said, this was a great study you found that your intelligence increases when you're put through a difficult situation where you have to problem solve and critical think. I don't, you remember me mentioning that um, uh, study. And then he continues to say, uh, that requires your creative thinking. It was great to hear that it benefits you when you put yourself under the pump than when you are, are in a comfortable situation. And, uh, well, Anatoly went on to actually uh, say that that's how his ideas come about. So he was saying that, you know, he's like, I always know that I can power through, that it's not something unusual. Worst case scenario, I can take a loan or, or you know, I have some savings, but it's also um, something that he didn't want to do and it makes him uncomfortable. And so he always thinks of, okay, well, what, what do I need to do? Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. And he sits there kind of uh, in those st- sticky situations. He's sitting there like, thinking more and becoming more creative than what than when he is in a comfortable situation and he's like financially comfortable so yeah that's a great i think it was a great study that when i when i found that i'm like oh you know like when i'm and we talk about it, when you're in those difficult situations you're thinking you're over not overthinking but you're coming up with solutions so yeah that was a great well they um, say it's a necessity as the mother of invention yeah exactly exactly so what what do you do you feel the same way do you feel that when you're in those kind of hard, difficult situations, that's when you come up with something or something, you know. For sure. Because I mean, you, you'll find a way you, you, when it, if it's important enough, you'll find a way. So that, I, that's a, that's something that resonates with me, but above and beyond that, I'm just such a big believer, not maybe not quite in that exact same uh, train of thought, but um, of doing something hard and mm. the process of, of achieving something hard and the, and for Anatoly and I, it would be, doing that Ironman triathlon and the amount, I mean, you said he got ready for that event in six months, yeah. which was a, which was a, an, a very impressively short amount of time <laughs> to prepare so. for that. So now think about that to take six months to get ready for something and to be really impressed that you did it in only six months, because mm-hmm. in all honesty, it really takes nine months to a year to properly prepare yourself for an Ironman event. I mean, if we're being real. Um, so, so to, to think about, okay, that level, and that is not, that's a, that's a horribly challenging six months. That's the most miserable six months of your life. That's six months of getting up at six o'clock in the morning, getting in a freezing cold pool when you don't want to, you know, that's getting up and running when that's getting up and running on a going around and running for 30 minutes after you've sat on a bicycle for four or five hours on a Saturday. I mean, on a day that you're supposed to be playing with your kids, that's making sacrifices away from your family. So that's that's a six months of terror or of boot camp, if you will, to to get ready for this one event. And so, but but think about what the feeling that you have at the end of that race. And that's why there's such a big thing about Ironman in particular. Those v- events, there's a, an announcer at the end, and he calls you out by name. Mm. Nathan Garrison, you are an Iron Man. Yeah. 
Wow. And and it's and the reason why they do that is because it's such a significant thing and mm-hmm. because it's so impactful and it means so much. And and because you just broke yourself for six months to prepare for it. And and a lot of people go out there and do that training for six to nine months and don't finish mm-hmm. and don't make it and give up and they quit and they have to try again. And it's a and it's a horrible failure for them. And so that amount of work to go through all that once you've gone down that journey now you have this fortitude Mm -hmm. you have this something within this grit this overwhelming sense of i I, if i can do this yeah i can do anything and that's that same resilience that he that Anatoly was referring to. I can always go back and getting a software job. I can always go back to my, what I was doing before and be fine. I'm yeah. not going to be. And for me in my journey, you know, being coming from being a general contractor and having that construction background, as I went into podcasting and the self-development stuff, I was like, hey, if none of this works, I can always go back to building houses. I can always go back to remodeling. I can always go back to the skill that I have in my toolbox. You know, I can yeah. always rely on that. And and I think that carries you into what's so important about all of this and the conversation that you were having with Anatoly. The theme is to get good at something, regardless of what it is, whether it's not going to necessarily be your passion, but to spend time at that job, getting good at something before you leave to go down the entrepreneurial journey, before you know, before you take that leap of faith, go find out what cliff you're jumping off of. You know, make sure that you've done the homework, make sure you've become an expert in that field. Then that'll help you identify the opportunity to, to take that entrepreneurial path. Absolutely. And it will like allow for multiple streams of income, which was what he was talking about, which is what's helping, which helps him a lot. It's like you'll have multiple streams of income and the, the whole point of it all i guess when he was saying this was like you know it's all about bringing people more value how do you bring people more value and that's his creative thinking he's like well how can i bring people more value what can i do what what other things do i need to do and something else that he was mentioning was that um another person he, that he that he did a podcast with that they he, were doing things like now they make seven figures but initially they started doing things for free and that he recommended that, which I thought was quite interesting, like, you know, doing things for free, like giving free content, free things. And that's how he's got his one reliable client because he was doing things like videos out there for free. And so people well, and remember when you start, when you're you not going to be something. very When you start, you're not going to be very good at it. You know, when you first start editing video content, when you start putting out YouTube stuff, it's not going to be that good. You know, so you should put it out there for free. You should. I mean, I've got I did a great episode with um, with Eric Nine. He's an amazing artist and he does these huge murals on the sides of buildings and this crazy stuff. And he, and he talks about like guys are coming up to me asking me, like, how much should I charge for this mural? How much should I charge for this? Dude, you haven't even done anything yet. Don't worry about what you're going to charge. Like, go find a bridge to paint under. Go put 10 murals up. Then you'll know what to charge. Then you'll know what your time is worth. You'll know what it's going to take to give them what they want because you've put in the work. But until you put that work in, you know, you're putting the cart before the horse. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And a and yeah, and then once you do and reach that point of, okay, I clearly know what I'm talking about with his agile agency and the things that he knows with his software, he was making these videos and he had, like you said, he perfected his, 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 you know, 
career that he initially had. And that's what he started making these videos about. And he was very good at it. And hence people wanted to pay him personally and became a contractor. So yeah. No, well, and what I loved about what he did with those videos is exactly what you're doing with the podcast. It's consistency. It's every single point and you're doing even to be above and beyond that. Cause you're even going more than just once a week. I mean, you're pumping it out, but like to be showing up every single week to consistently put out that content over and over and over. Eventually people begin to notice. Eventually you become relied on for that content. And if you can just continue to put it out, I mean, that's all Gary V has done to, yeah. to, be where he is. He has just consistently put out the same content over and over for the last years. That's why Joe Rogan has the biggest podcast on this, on the planet. He has consistently put out the same podcast for the last 10 years. The, you know I mean? It's, if you look at it, I mean, honestly, that's, and so now they're known for that, but like, and I, and I've walked into this game so cocky thinking, Oh, in a year's time, I'll, everybody will know it. It'll be out there doing its thing. I'll be able to achieve my goals. It's so naive to think within a year, people are going to know Even if they do know who you are, why are they going to consider you to be an expert in only a year's time? You know, it's going to take time to consistently keep showing up to, but, but like I totally said, when you have 300 YouTube videos, there's there's some credence there there's some credibility there you know that you're, that's worth paying attention to absolutely exactly and so he was saying that you know he's like just give it a go give it a try it's like no one's looking like don't be scared because there's a lot of fear we're talking about people are fearing just just even doing that and i like how he said his goal was like okay i'm going to make one video and release it every every week for a year and then see what happens that was my yeah. goal so I, I like, like those shorter term goals like you know see what's working and what's not. You don't want to continue to go down a path that's not producing any any fruits at all. No, exactly, exactly. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Nate. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. And I always love to say it's very interesting to hear these different responses from around the world and people adding to the conversation, hearing different perspectives. And, you know, we all have different, come from different backgrounds and environments and have different experiences. And it's great to share with others to gain a clearer picture that we can all develop. So thank you so much, Nate, for joining me on this cafe discussion. Thank you for having me. And I just want to say, um, you know, usually you ask a question of your guests, like what they took away from the uh, the question, all that kind of stuff. And I just have to say, like, what I take away from your podcast is your interviewing skills, your interviewing questions, because so many interviews and so many of the podcasts are just like, it's just kind of the fluffy, fruity stuff and whatever. And like, they, and you just... You know, in our in our genre, you get a lot of these like generic answers, you know, and and people will continue to ask these questions that give these that allow for these generic answers. But you don't do that. Like you can tell when you're asking these questions, when you're doing these interviews, you want to know because you're trying to figure this thing out, man. Like you're going down this journey and like I got to know because I'm going to whatever it is that you're telling me, I'm trying it this afternoon. I'm putting these things into place. So don't give me this little yada, yada, yada stuff. Give me the details. Give me the specifics. Let me know the ins, the outs, the whys and the hows. And you know, like that drill down mentality, that drill down approach just 
it resonates with me because I see so many people, it, it cuts through all the bull crap real fast. And it lets you know if this guy knows what he's talking about or if he's full of crap. And um, you've got a gift for that, man. And I've noticed over the last, you know, I just uh, trying to play catch up with some of your episodes as we were getting ready for this one, because you've, you, like I said, you're pumping them out. So I, I can't keep up, honestly, I'm trying, but there's still a lot I've got to listen to, but that was a, that was a continual theme that I noticed. I was like, man, she's, she's figuring it out, man. Like I know at times you feel confused and I know sometimes that you feel lost, but you're putting pieces into place. You don't even realize. Thank you so much, mate. That really does mean a lot. And yes, I do. I always ask on my Tuesday episodes, like how these different questions and I, I try and, you know, get that person to really go through, show me what's inside, show me what's inside your head. Well, really, it's all about provoking that introspection and go, what, where, how, what? Like, no, I want to know. So thank you for-, uh, for Yeah, if you're going to be an interview on this show, you better yeah. be on your toes and you better come prepared <laughs> and ready to come correct. For sure. And that was one of the reasons why I was so excited. So like, I didn't know what I was going to get myself into, but I, knew, I mean, I knew a little bit, but I was really looking forward to it. So thank you. I'm so, so much. excited. Keep doing what you're doing. And yeah, keep up the great work, man. Thanks. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Get to Know You Cafe. If you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review, and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. You can tag me at Get to Know You with Tiffany Farrick. Be sure to listen to Tuesday's podcast and send in your responses for us to include next Thursday on the Get to Know You Cafe to further deepen dialogue on this topic. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, be sure to tag me in a post with your question. Join us every Thursday on the Get to Know You Cafe.